This is episode number 408 with Rory Vaden of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey, Founder Fam, today's guest is a New York Times bestselling author and a world-leading expert when it comes to building influence and building a personal brand. Today, he's running an eight-figure business called Brand Builders Group, and in an effort to help business owners scale and monetize their personal brand. So if you're ready for an incredible conversation on how to start, grow and make money off your personal brand and really use it to build your business, then this is for you. Please welcome to the podcast, Rory Vaden. The first question we ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? You know, to kind of take it way back, I was raised by a single mom who sold Mary Kay Cosmetics. And so I grew up in direct sales, like around women who are in direct sales. When I was in college, I got into direct sales. I went door to door, 14 hours a day, six days a week here in the U.S. for five summers. Um, I made about $250,000 doing that. Um, it was extremely difficult, but I, I, was, I did it. I was, I was successful at it. I made a lot of money. We leveraged that money into starting our first business, which was a coaching company. Um, we started that in 2006 when I was in my early 20s. Um, my wife and I had a few business partners. We scaled that business to eight figures. We had about 200 people. We sold that company in 2018. And to the day when we exited the company, um, a good friend of ours who we had met along the way is a guy named Lewis Howes. And he said, I know we haven't talked in a few years but for whatever reason, I really think you guys can help me. My personal brand has grown a lot, but I feel like I need some, some strategic clarity about the future. And um, of course, Lewis Howes is the host of a School of Greatness podcast and uh, you know, New York Times bestselling author. And um, after we helped him, he said, this was the most amazing two days um, I've ever had for my business. I want to have you on my podcast 
this is your new company and this is what you guys were meant to do. And so Brand Builders Group was born. And uh, within that first episode of being on Lewis's show, we had over 500 people um, request a call with our team. And now we do personal brand strategy. So we, we help um, personal brands, experts, and entrepreneurs uh, become more well-known. Yeah, wow, crazy. What a journey. So I'm curious, um, I'm really keen to pick your brain on personal branding. It's something that we haven't talked about that much. And, you know, you, you gracefully have me on your show and you taught me a lot um, around personal branding and why it's important. So I'm just curious, like, what does it mean in 2022, do you believe, to build a personal brand? Yeah, so that's a great a great question. Um, one of the things that we did last year was we, we led a national research study. Now, it's weighted to the U.S. Census. So, you know, if you're outside of the U.S., um, you know, just, just know that it's weighted to the U.S., but it was a PhD-led, empirically valid, you know, statistically sound research study um, where we studied the trends in personal branding, which is what it's called, um, and I'll, you know, we can, we can tell people where they want to go if they want to get a, a full copy of it. But um, one of the things that we realized is that 74% of Americans say they are more likely to trust someone if they have an established personal brand, 74%. If you stratify that data and you look at it more across like different um, generations, you see that it is, it is weighted even more so that in the future, it's going gonna, it's gonna to skew even higher as the younger generations kind of take center stage. And so we were trying to find out the answer to that question I exactly, Nathan, like what is a personal brand? And here's what is fascinating is that a personal brand is, is kind of like what it is not. It's not so much social media. It's not so much followers. It's not so much video views and engagement and websites and colors and logos and all of the things that we think personal branding is. In fact, we have recognized and realized that there's something more fundamental at play here that we now say personal branding is simply the digitization of reputation. The digitization of reputation. So you might say, hey, do you need to have a personal brand? If you're an entrepreneur, do you need to have one? And we might go, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm not into all that stuff. But if we said, hey, is your reputation important? Everybody would go, yeah. I mean, reputation is everything, right? Like it's all you have, like what you're known for and your integrity. And personal branding is the digitization of reputation. Um, and is realizing that people are just, they want to know who you are, right? They're not just buying what you do. They're, they're, they're buying who you are. And again, you know, not to throw out too many data points at you, but uh, one of the questions that we asked was, would you be willing, okay, to spend more money on products and services from the companies uh, where the founder has uh, their personal brand aligns with your personal values, and 80% of older millennials, okay, so this is ages 35 to 44, said they would. 80%. So this is the group. These are like the top decision makers in the next 10 to 20 years uh, here, at least in the US, saying they are more likely to buy from you, more likely to spend more money with you if they understand that your values as a founder line up with theirs personally. Um, you know, simple example of this. So my wife, AJ, 
Um, she was, uh, we, we were business partners in our former venture. And then when we started Brand Builders Group, it's just her and I now. We have no investors. It's just the two of us. Um, and she is our CEO. I function more actually like a CMO in this new business. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in the U.S. And, and around the globe, you have Lululemon, uh, Lululemon. I call it Lululemon. But you have Lululemon and you have Athleta. And AJ used to buy from Lululemon. She used to buy all of her workout clothes. And then she found out that Athleta was started by a woman who is all about, uh, you know, like uh, eco-conservation and, uh, you know, diversity training and, and uh, you know, equal employment, kind of like opportunity, all, all of those kinds of things. And she will not buy from Lululemon anymore. She only buys from Athleta because of the, the founder in what they believe in. And so we now know, not just instinctually, but scientifically from the data, at least in the US, that this is the direction that it is, it is headed. And it's because we do business with people that we like and we trust. And so ultimately, it's just very, very simple. It is reputation. That is what personal branding is. Yeah, wow. This is really interesting because if you look at, you know, because sometimes I think people, when they look at the personal brand, they think, oh, I've got to create all this content. I've got to be an expert. And it's funny. That's what I said to you. Like, that's not me. Like, I, for me, Nathan and founder, like, I'm not interested in, in putting out all this content about, you know, why you should do this, why you should do that. And I'm just interested in growing founder. But then you look at like an Elon Musk with Tesla. He doesn't yeah. put out any content. But I think when people think of like, well, he does, but not in the way that you would think Gary V would. Right. Or, right. you know, or Sarah, Sarah Blakely. Right. Like you, you look at her, she has an incredible personal brand, but she's not consistently putting out content, giving advice and just shouting. And I think that's what kind of turns people off, like that idea of creating a personal brand. And it's kind of scary to put yourself out there, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's it's totally scary in some regards, but um, fear in general is so self-centered. Um, we only feel fear when we're thinking about ourselves, right? Like, are they going to like me? Am I going to say the right thing? Is this going to screw up what people think of my company? You know, is this going to make the company too dependent on me as the founder? But you never feel fear when the mission to serve is clear. You never feel fear when the mission to serve is clear. When you realize you go, hey, I'm just putting myself out here because I want to help people. Like I want them to understand what what we care about here and what we do and what we what we believe in. You don't feel fear that way. It's it's kind of like, you know, if there's a car, you know, if there's a car accident and some car is turned over and it's like on fire, you go, you run over there, you're not worried about how does your hair look? Like you're going to help somebody. You're only focused on them. And and that is the posture in which we think that your, you know, content or your public profile should be displayed is it's 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 not how can I get people to follow me? It's how can I be useful to people? How can I add value to their life? And, you know, we have several clients who are, you know, more like celebrity status, but that's only 5%. You know, if you go to our website, you see all these like, you know, fairly quasi celebrity or pretty famous people that we work with. But then we also showcase 
all of what 90% of our clients are, they're people that you've never heard of because they're just, they just want to be known in their space, right? It's, it's a dentist, it's a chiropractor, it's an accountant, it's a financial advisor. Um, it's, it might be someone in direct sales. Um, you know, of course we work with a lot of coaches and experts and like speakers and authors and trainers. Cause that's who, who I was, right? I grew up as a speaker and then became an author. And, you know, so we, we understand that space really well, but, it's all people trying to help somebody. And, um, you know, I think even in, in kind of a deep, meaningful way, we, people ask the wrong questions, like, what is my, what is my purpose? And I think, you know, or, 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 or what should I share? And I think a more powerful way to think about that is, who can I help? Who can I serve? How can I enhance um, the value for other people? And so, whether you're a big celebrity or just starting out, typically you're going to deploy one of three different content strategies. We call them the three E's. You're either going to be educational, which is what most of our clients do, is you go, how can I educate? What can I, what, what do I know? What do I have knowledge of that I could teach? Um, or you're going to be encouraging, right? You're just going to inspire people and try to pick them up and like, uh, you know, keep them motivated in, in whatever they're going through. Um, or you're going to be entertaining and you're just going to have, you know, like funny stuff or heartwarming things. Most people actually have some mix of all, all three of those. Um, but the, you're just, as, as a founder of a company, you're giving people a chance to know you. And, and here's, a, here's another thing, Nathan, when, as you think about it functionally or pragmatically. So there's something that we talk about called the reputation formula. So, if you say, okay, personal branding is simply the digitization of reputation. Where does reputation come from? Well, we, th we talk about it like this. Results times reach equals reputation. Results times reach equals reputation. So the results is like, what do you do? And what are you good at? And, and what, what do you do as good as anyone else in the world? Like, um, are you, you're, you familiar with Michael Phelps, Nathan? Do you know yeah, of course. who Michael Phelps yeah, American swimmer, right? Winningest gold medal Olympian of all time. Let me ask you um, uh, this question. Um, ha have, have you ever heard of the name Jenny Thompson before? So Jenny Thompson is really interesting. Jenny Thompson is the winningest female Olympian of all time. She is also from the United States. She is also a swimmer. You have two people who have very comparable results at the highest level, but their reputation is radically different, not because of their results, but because of their reach. Um, I'm not saying that I like this, and I don't know why there's a variety of factors why that might be. Neither of them are clients of ours, but results times reach equals reputation. You know, Mother Teresa has huge positive results times huge worldwide reads. So she has a huge positive reputation. Adolf Hitler had huge negative results times huge worldwide reach. So he has huge negative reputation. What most founders and entrepreneurs do, and in some cases they don't like, you know, they shy away from, I don't want to be in the front of the camera. I don't want to, I don't care to be famous. Like our clients don't care to be famous. They're what we call mission-driven messengers but they do care about their product. They do care about their service because they started, many of them started their company because they wanted to solve a problem in the world. But 
You can't solve that problem if nobody knows about it. If I don't know about you, I can't buy from you. And if you had the cure for cancer and nobody knew that you had it, we would see that as a tremendous disservice. We would say that if you had the cure for cancer, it would be your duty. It would be your responsibility. It would be your obligation to let the world know that you were there, right? And to let the world know that you had it. But sometimes we kind of hide behind this, like it's, you know, humility or, um, you know, maybe I don't matter or I, I don't, you know, don't want to take spotlight away from anyone else or the company or whatever. And, and in reality, again, we're only thinking about ourselves. When we're thinking about the people that we're trying to help, you created your business to solve a problem in the world. There is some problem that you are addressing. And when we stay focused on that, we immediately recognize that reach matters. Um, not, it doesn't matter to you for the sake of your ego or validation. It matters for the sake of impact. You literally you can only impact people if you can reach them. And so that's how we sort of delineate, you know, the mission-driven messenger from the, you know, just like the influencer or the, or the, the celebrity. And, but if you're, I mean, if you're listening to this, it's because you're an entrepreneur and there's something you care about advancing in the world. And we're leveraging off of the power of your personal brand to make that happen. Yeah. Fascinating. I love the breakdowns, man. Um, I'm curious when it comes to your method. So, you know, for you building a personal brand, you've got into four stages. There's branding, marketing, selling, and scaling. Are you able to just take us through that a little bit? And then I'd love to delve a little deeper. Yeah, totally. And, and um, so here's the, the number one mistake that people make is they skip the branding piece and they jump to marketing. Uh, marketing is external, right? Marketing, people think, oh, I'm going to build my personal brand. And so they go, ooh, I need to get someone to design a logo and a website and give me some colors and write copy for my, my page. That is a mistake. Um, many reasons why personal brands fail is because they do the right things in the wrong order, right? Those are all good things. But there is a whole bunch of work that needs to happen before that, which is what everybody skips over, which is, um, branding or a better word, like a more accurate word for what we actually do there is identity, right? Not visual identity, your actual identity of figuring out who you are. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you, here's the, the best, the single best piece of branding advice that I've ever received, Nathan. And this is, this is not a, a Rory Vaden or brand builders quote. Um, I wish it was, but this came from a gentleman named Larry Wingett. And I heard this when I was in, in my early 20s. And, he, and I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's, that's it. Like, that's so brilliant. He said, the goal is to find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. Find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. To figure out what is your uncopyable difference. To figure out what is so unique about you and what, what makes you, you and celebrate that. And, and as you promote that in the service of others, it will draw, draw people to you. That is what most of our identity work is sort of wrapped around. Like, um, so there's four phases and each phase has three parts. So there's really like 12 parts in the overall journey. Um, but the first one is the most important is, is figuring out 
who you really are. Like before you can tell the world who you are, you have to be clear on what makes you different from everybody else. And so we take people through this um, process. It's a, it's a six-piece six framework that we call uh, the Brand DNA Helix. And we ask you these questions um, and at the at all of these different questions, at the overlap or the intersection of your answers to these questions is sort of where your uniqueness lies. And um, if you don't have clarity about your uniqueness, then you're going to get absorbed into the noise. In fact, you are part of the noise. Um, another one of the illustrations that we use is something that we call Sheehan's Wall. And we, we, we actually named this after uh, one of our colleagues, Peter Sheehan, who uh, is Australian and just a brilliant, brilliant guy. And um, we originally learned this from him and we've kind of since modified it. But in any industry, in any vertical uh, or in any geographic market, there's two groups of people in the world. There are those who are unknown and then there are those who are known. And what most of us that are unknown try to do, so we're struggling with obscurity and we're trying to create notoriety. Most of us look at the people who have notoriety and we try to do all the things they do, right? And so we look at Gary Vee and we go, oh man, Gary just talks about everything he's passionate about. He talks about wine and sports and NFTs and social media and you know entrepreneurship and, and all, all, all these things. And so we try to emulate what we see there. And so we talk about a lot of different things. Uh, we also go, oh, I need to be on a lot of different places, right? It's like, oh, I got to be on Pinterest and Snapchat and, and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, blah, blah, blah. And then we have a lot of different business models. Like every time you scroll through Facebook, there's a new ad showing you, oh, the key is make money with masterminds or courses or, or membership sites, or you should be a speaker or an author or, you know, e-com or like, you know, you can have an Amazon store. And, you know, so there's all these different business models. All of these things are good independently in and of themselves. But together, it's a massive problem because when you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. When you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. And so people are bouncing off the wall. So Sheehan's wall is this giant invisible wall between those who are unknown and those who are known. And what most of us do is we throw like a lot of stuff at the wall and try to, to break through, but we bounce off the wall. Our strategy um, and, you know, kind of what we advise people on is find the one thing that you can be known for and you break through the wall on that one thing. Once you break through the wall on that one thing, then you can expand on the other, once you're on the other side into all of these different things. Like Gary Vaynerchuk can talk about all those things because he's very Gary Vaynerchuk. But don't emulate what Gary V does now. Emulate how did he get there? In the beginning, he talked about one thing, wine, on one platform, YouTube. And a lot of people don't even know that now, but that's how he got there. Amazon today literally sells like everything. But in the beginning, Amazon sold one thing, books. That was it, one thing. Uh, Brene Brown has quickly become one of the, the most influential people in the world. But Brene Brown spent 20, 30 years studying one thing, shame. All she studied was shame. Dave Ramsey has a multi nine figure personal brand. He has a thousand employees right, right down the street here from us. Um, and um, Dave has 
built this huge personal brand, but he solves one problem, debt. Um, if you look at Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins says, I've spent my life dedicated to helping people eradicate pain. Like they have such precision in the one thing that they're trying to solve. For me, with my first, um, you know, kind of the way I broke through the wall, my, my first book was uh, number one Wall Street Journal, number two New York Times bestseller. And it was just focused on procrastination and solving this problem of, of procrastination and distraction. And, uh, you know, so that book was called Take the Stairs. And that was how I broke through the wall and built, you know, my speaking career. And then later I wrote, I created a TED Talk called How to Multiply Time. That TED Talk went viral. It was also on procrastination, but it was about a new type of procrastination that uh, we coined a term for, which was priority dilution. And we said priority dilution is the chronic overachievers procrastination. And it has nothing to do with being lazy or apathetic or disengaged, but it is the same net result, you know, that our priorities dilute. And, and so we studied how to multiply time and created, I created a TED talk around how to multiply time, but they were, they were laser focused um, and short. So I know your, your question was about the four phases. That is the most important one. Uh, that is where the deepest work happens with our team. After that, we go, okay, once we know who you are, we extrapolate it into a body of work, which is typically a process or a methodology. It might be a book or a, a course or a, a consulting curriculum. Then we prepare it for stage. And uh, we teach a lot of our clients to go speak as one of the fastest ways to take someone from an absolute stranger to a lifelong fan is through like a one hour presentation. Then in the marketing phase, which is phase two, that's all the digital infrastructure and creating a digital ecosystem around your personal brand, you know, social media and funnels and podcasting. Um, then when you get to phase three and selling, that is where we teach the offline sales skills of how to sell one-on-one. -on -one. So we have a, a program that's called pressure-free persuasion, which is basically how to sell, you know, expensive things without feeling salesy. Um, and we teach book launches and, you know, a lot of our high profile clients come because we help them with their book launches. Uh, and then phase four is scaling, which is really kind of like the entrepreneurial infrastructure. Um, and that was, you know, we took our first business to eight figures. And so, you know, now brand builders group, we're kind of like on very much on that trajectory again. Um, so a high level, that's it. But the, the hardest work is that initial work of the identity. What is your uniqueness? And everybody want to, wants to skip over it to the tactical. They want to know like, what are the hashtags and what are the trending sounds and like all of the tactical and they're not really clear on who they are. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast, From Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in-the-trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs, people just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. 
You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. Let's just say somebody has got a personal brand right now, but they're struggling to monetize. What advice would you give them? Mm. Yeah, so great. Well, there, there's, there's only five ways to monetize a personal brand. Um, we call these the paids. There's like five ways to get paid. All right. So if you have the, these, there's a big difference, Nathan, I know you know this, but like there's a big difference between a pile of followers and a pile of cash. <laughs> totally different. Like some people are Twitter rich, but dollar broke. And one of the things that AJ, you know, our CEO, my wife, she says all the time is you don't need a million followers to make a million dollars. And this is totally true. We, we have clients who have millions of followers. Um, they often do not make as much money as the ones that, that don't have that many followers, but they have a real back-end business model. But um, if you have a pile of followers, there's five mechanisms to turn it into money. So the P in PAIDs, it's an acronym. The P stands for product, meaning a physical product. You can sell those people a vitamin, a shake, a t-shirt. If you're Elon Musk, you're selling a Tesla. If you're Sarah Blakely, you're selling undergarments, right? Like um, you're selling a physical item. The A in paids is ads and affiliates. Um, this is a really interesting business model because you don't actually make money by selling your audience anything. You make money by selling other people access to your audience. Um, you know, I mentioned Lewis Howes earlier. So just because he was our first client, when Lewis first came to work with us, he had literally 17 revenue streams. This is one of the exercises we take people through is how many different ways are you making money? Well, he had always been taught what multiple streams of income, multiple streams of income. We think multiple streams of income is bad advice, especially when you're first starting. You do not need multiple streams of income. You need one stream of income that works really, 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 really well. Once you break through the wall, on that one stream of income, then you diversify. It's just like Sheehan's wall. Then you, you diversify. But in the beginning, you do not need many SKUs. You need one SKU that you sell a ton of. So with Lewis, we immediately reduced his 17 revenue streams down to three, one of which he didn't even think, he thought of his podcast as the traffic source. And we realized just kind of going through the exercise that actually for him, the podcast was the business model. That if that became the main thing, that was the thing that he could do that would be different from everybody else. So he went from 17 revenue streams down to three and the podcast went from 30 million downloads to 500 million in the next couple of years that, uh, you know, since we've been working together. Now, Lewis is successful for lots of reasons, but he gives us a lot of credit for that. And, and that is one of them because if you have diluted focus, you, you, you get diluted results. But in, in Lewis's case, he's not making his money from selling his audience stuff. Uh, he does some, but not really. He makes his money from ads and affiliates, people who are getting in front of the audience. So that's the A. Um, the I in paids is information, selling information. So you create an information product. I know you guys are masters at this. I know you guys have, you have tons of great content where you teach people how to do this, right? It's like, you know, how do you create a, a course or a membership site or an assessment or a certification program and you're teaching your expertise, you know, to these, to these folks. 
um, you know, eBooks and whatever audio courses. I mean, there's, there's tons of things you can do, but it's, it's information. The D is deals. So uh, that is where you get a third party to pay you for the creation of something like a brand deal, a TV deal, a book deal. Um, and you know, they're paying you to create the thing and then they take the risk and you get paid, you know, typically there's a royalty associated with it. So that's usually later. Um, and then the S is services, services, services are the fastest path to cash, right? So if you need money, if you're, if you're trying to create like an escape route from your day job, usually we're going to tell clients the fastest way to do that is with a service because you're going to be able to get a high dollar pretty quickly. But even though it's the fastest path to cash short term, it's the least scalable long term because you're trading time for money. So while it can be a good escape route short term, it's not going to scale because it's almost always time for money. Um, which actually brings us to the next thing. When we, when we look at business model, Another, another one of the things that we um, advise clients to look for is what we call DARES, uh, D-A-R-E-S. Um, so the DARES, Nathan, is, is we, if there were a perfect business model, um, it would meet all, all five of these criteria. And the D is, is it digital? The A is automated. The R is recurring. The E is evergreen. And the S is scalable. Digital, automated, recurring, evergreen, and scalable. If you had a business model that had all of the dares, it'd be like the ultimate, you know, thing. It's like there's no logistics or warehousing or tariffs or like, you know, manufacturing delays because it's digital. It's automated means it's completely self-service. Um, it's recurring, so people pay for it on, on an ongoing basis. It's evergreen, which means it never needs to be updated. And it's scalable, meaning you could add an infinite number of customers without having to add to your infrastructure. The truth is that business model doesn't exist. It's impossible to have all of those things because some of them work against each other. For example, recurring and evergreen tend to work against each other. If someone's continually paying for something, it means they want it updated. They want a new version of it or they need more of that product like a vitamin or something. Um, but we look for those. So we kind of look at the paids, we look at the dares, and then we look at the person and we look at their team and we kind of make a strategic calculation. It's not that one business model is better than any other. It's not that one social media platform is better than any other. It's not that one message is better than any other. It's all about the person. It is, it, there's, there's not a right answer here. There's only your right answer. There's what is right for you. And so it's like, it's, it's like people are looking for the key and it's often a combination lock and it's different for each, each of us. Um, and so that's kind of why, what we do. Uh, and we just do one-on-one -on -one coaching. We don't sell like courses and stuff. We work one-on-one -on -one with people to, and, and helping them clarify who they serve, what their message is to them, what their position is, and then what their business model is, how they make money doing it, are like the four core components of that initial, you know, phase one, part one brand identity work. Yeah, wow. I love all the acronyms and the methods and like, yeah, it's crazy. You guys like, yeah, you really got it down to a science and an art. Thank you. So, 
<laughs> let me tell you about that. So these are what we call frameworks. So um, after brand DNA, which is phase one, part one, uh, you know, I said, we figure out who you are. And then in, in uh, phase one, part two, we, we take people through something called captivating content, which is we, we create their IP. And, and one of the things we do is we take them through exercises to create frameworks. Um, people love frameworks because frameworks help them organize information. So like if you look at my TED talk, you know, I mentioned this earlier. So my TED talk was kind of before we talked about personal branding is back when I was talking about how to multiply time, but it's all built around this tool called the focus funnel. And uh, my second, which is what my, my second book is also, it's called, my second book was called Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. It's built on this visual of the focus funnel. Um, that's very deliberate. It's intentional. It's one of the things that we discovered, which is that you know, Jim Collins has the, has the hedgehog principle, which is a circle with a line through it. Um, uh, Simon Sinek has the golden circle, which is just three circles. Um, you know, Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Effective People has this like hourglass thing with like a circle around it. And people love frameworks. They love things that help them organize information that helps it be memorable. And so we teach them this whole list of, of things, you know, there's checklists and there's visuals and there's flow charts, you know, getting things done by David Allen is a giant flow chart. Um, Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps is a checklist that, that this is all we do right all day long as we're studying. And so we help them create frameworks that are unique to them. So we help them create original IP original thought leadership, which is where people have to quote you because you're the one who created it. And, and so it's like, instead of you citing other people, other people cite you. Uh, we also people, we also teach people how to do data studies, right? Like I mentioned our study, which by the way, if you, if you go to founder.freebrandstudy.com, founder.freebrandstudy.com, you can download that Trends in Personal Branding National Research Study. It's free. Um, and it's this beautiful report talking about, you know, the, why personal brands affect business. And, you know, we talk about how 58% of people say they'd be more likely to, they'd be, they would pay more money from an individual personal brand versus an established company, right? Like crazy things that we find. And, and it's super valuable it's, it's helpful for you. And it also establishes true thought leadership, not smoke and mirrors, but like legitimacy to what we're doing. So um, we also use these pillar point formulas, which are basically how to create punchlines and like catchphrases, uh, you know, like digitization, personal branding is the digitization of reputation. Um, you know, that is what we call rhythmic construction. There's basically these six formulas. Almost every quote you hear Almost, almost every quote you hear is one of six different types of sentence structure. Well, once you know what those are, you can basically take your content, run them through the formulas, and now, now people hear it and they go, that's amazing. So, for example, one of them is metaphorical construction. Um, probably my most famous quote is from my first book, Take the Stairs. Um, there's a concept called the rent axiom. And uh, I said, success is never owned. Success is only rented and the rent is due every day. Um, and that, you know, that quote actually flies around the internet. It's often not attributed to me, but it, it was in the book all the way back in 2012. Um, that is metaphorical construction. We're comparing success to the concept of rent. It's like one of the exercises. So 
anyways, I appreciate you saying that. We work very hard on it. Um, and it is, it, it speaks to an important truth that the way you say things is as important as what you say. Like the way that you say things is as important as, 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 as what you say. And so you have to put some energy behind that. Yeah, no, man, you like a wealth of knowledge. Um, I could talk to you about this stuff all day uh, around personal brand building. I'm cu- uh, I've got a few more questions to ask and then we'll work towards wrapping up. Um, right. I'm curious, like why, what's the number one reason personal brands fail? Yeah. So it's, it's distraction. It is dilution, right? Like that, that is, that is for sure the, that is the, the number one reason why they fail is they're doing too many different things in too many different directions. They are, they are not, they're not clear on what they're, what they're trying to communicate. They're not. And, and, and if you're not like, for example, the very first question where we, where the whole journey starts. Okay. So, you know, we have this, this, four phase process and there's three parts to each of it. The very first question, like the genesis of the personal brand is answering this one question with one word. And it is so difficult. Most people cannot do it. And it, 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 we spend a lot of time on this because it's very hard is answering this question. What problem do you solve in one word? If you cannot answer that question, you have a big problem. Because if you, people buy solutions to problems, that's what they really buy, right? We think they buy a dream of a vision and future, but they, they don't as much as they, they spend money to solve problems, right? You go, you may or may not have the money to go on vacation or buy a new home or a car, but if your kid gets sick, you come up with the money. If you get a flat tire, you come up with the money. If the water heater breaks, you come up with the money. We, we spend money quickly to solve problems. But if you can't communicate quickly what problem it is you solve, then you're in trouble. Um, and so that, that is it. It is, it is the most simple fundamental things that people skip past um, or they, they don't get clear about. And, and if you don't know what problem you solve, there's no way your customers ever will either. Mm. So I'm curious, in one word, what problem do you guys solve at Brand Builders Group? Obscurity. So uh, you, you, uh, you know, I mentioned that word earlier. Obscurity is to be unclear, untrusted, or unknown, right? So we help experts and entrepreneurs to become more well-known. We help them move from obscurity, which is one side of the wall, to notoriety, which is on the other side of the wall. The way that we do that is by helping them get crystal clear on what their uniqueness is, and then we teach them how to exploit it in the service of others. The hardest part is getting crystal clear on what it is. It's actually much easier to exploit it in the service of others. Like It's a lot of the tactical things that you could learn anywhere, right? It's like you got you to gotta build a content schedule, and you got to put content out in the world, and you got to build a sales team and operations and you know, do advertising or, you know, do referrals. Like there's a bunch of different tactics that, that work. And they're the things that we all hear. Like it's, it's not rocket science, but it's, it's actually quite difficult to find your uniqueness. Um, that part is really, really tricky. By the, by the way, can, can I share a shortcut real quick? Cause we haven't talked about this yet. So, Short, short of working with people for like two days, Nathan, and, 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 and by the way, 
we do the first coaching call with everybody for free. I mentioned that we just do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if anyone's listening and going, man, I, I want to like start working on this a little bit. Uh, you can straight up get your, the first call for free. If you, if you go to freebrandcall.com slash founder, freebrandcall.com slash founder, you can request a call with our team, but short of spending two days together, how do we get someone there quickly? And one of the things that we know now that we didn't know when we first started the company, but now that we've taken so many people through this process is that if there is a shortcut to get there, um, what we realized is that for all of us, you are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. All of us can look back and solve a problem that we have already solved for ourselves. And that's basically what entrepreneurship is. Um, but it's, it's definitely what personal branding is, is, it, is educating or encouraging or entertaining people through a problem that you have already solved. And so that is the, the, that is the lit, one of the litmus tests that we teach our internal strategists to look for. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a big hint if you're trying to coach yourself through it. Yeah, that's gold. Um, look, we have to work towards wrapping up. I'm conscious of time. Two last questions. Um, you've said before to have a strong personal brand, you need a strong personal reputation. What does that mean? I, I think having a strong personal reputation is just being clear about what you want to be known for. So it starts with clarity. Then it's consistency. You have to consistently reinforce that. And then it's velocity, which is adding speed and power, right? So you have to start with clarity. You have to you know, make sure you have consistency and then you add velocity. So speed and power. Um, but it's, it's really just being who you are and being intentional about what you want to be known for and allowing, your, allowing yourself to really shine through of like who you are in real life. Amazing. And how do you maintain relevance once, once you've got your personal brand, you're monetizing, how do you maintain relevance? Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we do is we try to get people clear on what, what, uh, problem do they solve in one word? And then what is their uniqueness in one word? So for example, reputation is our uniqueness. So obscurity is the problem. Reputation is the uniqueness. And we think of it almost like a pair of glasses, right? And each lens, uh, you know, like the problem, the problem is one lens and, and the uniqueness is, is the other lens. And so it doesn't mean that the only thing that you ever talk about is your problem and uniqueness, but it does mean that everything you talk about is through the lens of that uniqueness. Um, right. So for example, it's not like you guys only talk about entrepreneurship. I mean, you guys teach a number of different things, you know, like, uh, you know, your Instagram course is amazing. Right. But you're talking about it through the lens of Instagram for entrepreneurs. You're, it doesn't mean, you know, like you're, you're interviewing people through the lens of how can this help an entrepreneur? And so you guys have a, a really clear lens and not just an entrepreneur, a founder, right? You, you serve a very specific person um, and you're able to talk about a lot of different topics as long as you are doing the work of curating it through the lens of how does this apply to me as a founder? And that, that keeps you relevant. It gives you the ability to talk about anything that's happening as long as the lens stays consistent. Yeah, that's gold. I love how you articulate stuff. It's really awesome. Well, look, conscious of time, one last question. We'll wrap up. 
Where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work at Brand Builders Group? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you go to freebrandcall.com slash founder, um, you could actually request a call with our team and, and we do the first coaching call for free with everybody. Um, so if you just kind of go there again, it's freebrandcall.com slash founder, of course, founder without the E, right? Um, and you can kind of see what we're up to and you could learn about some of the people that we worked with. But I would just start there and, and go, you know, if, if you feel kind of compelled to learn more, go there, check that out. And, um, you know, the thing I would also say, Nathan, and, and, and maybe leave people with is that we really believe that the calling that you feel on your heart to like share a message with the world is the result of a signal that's being sent out by somebody else in the world who needs you. And very often that person needs you more than you need them. Like they, you have a product or you have a service or you have an expertise that you know like the back of your hand, but they don't. They are struggling with that problem. They, they are blocked by that problem. They are impeded by that problem. And they literally are, could be begging and searching and pleading and in some cases on their hands and knees praying for the answers to problems that you could solve like the back of your hand. And so just be thinking about that person and, you know, think about them. Remember, there is no fear when the mission to serve is, is clear. So uh, thanks for having me, brother. I, I appreciate it so much. I love what you guys do. And I just am honored to be a part of all this. Thank you so much. This has been an incredible interview and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.